Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about what to do after a meltdown, a tantrum, a disruptive episode happens in your classroom so that you can reestablish rapport with that student and develop a plan with that student so that future behavior success is maximized. I do want to say that these strategies can be used across a wide variety of age groups and that taking this framework of strategies can be key to maximizing student success in our classroom, especially after there's some sort of episode that occurs in our classroom that leads to a meltdown, a tantrum, a loud disruptive occurrence that might occur in you know older grades, but really this understanding the framework of how we can approach this situation after that episode has occurred and what we can do to re establish that we're poor and rebuild that relationship with a student so that we can then see a lot of success. So we've talked a lot on this podcast about different strategies that we can put in place and a student type strategies that will help set our students up for success, right? So we talked about we can use visual supports or prompts or we can be teaching the behavior behind the scenes. So that behavioral skills training piece of it, where we're teaching students different coping skills or different ways to manage their emotions or different behaviors that they can engage in so that when they do become upset, they have an alternative behavior that they can utilize to help calm their bodies. For all of us that are in the field know all too well that we might have all the antecedent strategies in place. We might be teaching all of the behavioral skills in the background and really reinforcing the use of coping skills or appropriate behaviors when a student is upset that they can use to calm their bodies, but that tantrums, meltdowns, and large disruptive episodes might still happen in our classrooms. It's really important to know what we should do after a meltdown tantrum, large disruptive episode happens in our classroom, right? Because again, we might have all those other things in place. We might be really reinforcing those new appropriate behaviors, but these things might still happen. So what do we do? What do we do? What do our paraprofessionals do? How do the staff support a student after one of these episodes does happen? So let's get right into the different strategies. The first thing that I recommend is giving a lot of time and space after one of these episodes occurs for both you as the adult or the other adults involved as well as the student. And what that really looks like is allowing the student to really calm down, decompress after one of these situations occurs. Maybe they're utilizing some sort of calming space in your classroom. Maybe they're going for a walk. Maybe they're just sitting with their head down at their desk or some something along those lines where they're really able to calm their bodies. While they're calming their bodies, we don't want to be placing any demands on them or asking them to engage in any tasks while this process is happening. And this could take varying amounts of time depending on the student, depending on the incident, 
And there might be a pressure to get a student back to class, right? So if a student, you know, there was some sort of episode that happened and it lasted about 30 minutes, that's a lot of class time missed. And there might be this pressure of, we gotta get this kid back to class, we gotta get them learning, re-engage in, in the learning. But if they're not fully calmed down, if they're not fully decompressed from the situation that occurred, no good learning is gonna happen. So I really encourage you to give a lot of time and space at this point. And, and this could look like half an hour, this could look like an hour, the student might fall asleep, especially younger students after one of these meltdowns or tantrums occurs. Sometimes their bodies are just exhausted, mentally and physically exhausted, and they need time just to relax or no good learning is actually going to occur in that moment. I would give a student as much time as they need to really decompress and relax and then have them re-enter the learning environment where they can be really productive with their learning as opposed to having them re-enter the learning environment too soon and them either engaging in another episode or just having really unproductive learning time where yes, they're physically present in the learning environment, but they're not actually retaining that information. Once a student has fully calmed down and you can tell by their behavior that they're in a calmer state, I would have a really positive touch point with that student. So whether that's you're reinforcing the appropriate behavior that they're engaging in or you're just making a touch point with them where you're just talking about something that is unrelated to the episode that had occurred. This is going to be your first step in really rebuilding rapport in a relationship with the student so the student knows that you're not upset with them, that you're not frustrated with them. You might be frustrated with the situation. You might be upset that the behavior occurred in the classroom, but the student needs to know that you're not upset with them and you're not angry with them and that everyone makes mistakes and that we can make a plan for the future so that we can maximize on that success. So again, at this point, I would just have a really positive touch point with the student. Once you've made that touch point, you might want to ask them in a very calm tone, are you ready to return to the learning environment? Do you need a couple more minutes? Why don't you let me know when you're ready to return? Or just give them some sort of like preview of what's happening for the rest of the day or the hour, whatever it might be based on, you know, where you are in your day or how long the episode that occurred took place or whatever it might be. So you might be saying something along the lines of, you know, for the next 20 minutes we are doing some independent reading time and then we're going to be doing our science experiment or you know we have gym in a couple minutes and then we have reading and then we're going to have centers at the end of the day just give them a little bit of a preview of what's going to happen even if they already know the schedule it's nice to be reminded of that and then also ask them do you do you think you're ready to return do you think you need a couple more minutes how about you let me know when you're ready to re-engage with the classroom you might not always be able to leave it up to the student. So in those situations, you might say, you know, we have another five more minutes and then we have to go to gym or you have another five minutes and then we have to start reading. Just give that student a, a decently long transition period. So they've calmed down. You've made that positive touch point. You've asked them if they're ready to re-enter the learning environment. They might say yes right away. They might say that they need a little bit more time. At that point, you can say, okay, you have five more minutes and then we have to do this. Or you have five more minutes and then you have the choice of doing these things. If you can work choice into that situation, that would be a, a really great idea to do is just offer some choice or giving them, again, that preview of the schedule so that they know what's coming and they know what to expect. Sometimes if these episodes happen for extended periods of time, the student might lose a sense of how much time has passed and not realize where they are in the schedule for the day. So if we don't preview that schedule, if we don't remind them of what's happening, that can re-upset the student that could lead to another episode or something along those lines. It could lead to the student being really frustrated, not really understanding what's happening next. So if we provide that reminder, it can really help set the student's mindset and set them up for success the rest of the day.
Once they're ready to re-enter the learning environment, engage with the rest of the class or engage with a small group, I would provide a lot of reinforcement and praise and acknowledgement for appropriate behaviors that they're engaging in. I would keep the demands pretty low, meaning that I wouldn't have them doing a ton of tasks that are at kind of at their frustration level where they're not solely independent with it, that they need some, some assistance or a lot of assistance with that. As much as you can, provide them with tasks or different activities that they can do that you know that they can be really successful with. So you're again, setting them up, them up for success and you're building on that momentum. After some time has passed and you've had a lot of positive touch points with the student, I would then approach the student and say, you know, hey, we got to talk about what happened. When do you think would be a good time to talk about it? And I have a couple of different reasons for approaching it this way. My first reason is how many of you have had something like this occur in your classroom? You've approached the student, you've wanted to process the situation with the student. And the second that you brought up the situation, the student makes a comment that they don't want to talk about the situation, the student gets mad or frustrated, the student shuts down again, the the student just refuses to talk about the conversation. I'm sure that's happened quite a few times, and that's why I always want to put the ball in the student's court by saying, you know, when do you want to talk about this? Letting them know that we do need to talk about this because it's a really good idea to make a plan after one of these situations occurs and to get a lot of that buy-in from the student, but putting it in their court in terms of when do you want to talk about this? This does a couple of different things. One, it gives the student time to process the situation. You might think that during the time that they were de-escalating and calming down that they were processing the situation, but they might not have been processing it in such a way that they can then talk to you about it in a productive way. I hope that makes sense. They might have been processing the situation. They might not have been thinking about the situation at all. But what we want to do is, again, provide that type of prompt to a student that, hey, we're going to talk about this. When is a good time for you to talk about this with me so we can make that plan so they can process the situation in, in their head and be ready to talk to you about it? This also gives a student a little bit of control in the situations. And lastly, it gives them some time to really think about what they want to say in the conversation. So if we kind of spring that conversation on them, like, hey, we're going to talk about this, they might get defensive because they don't know what they want to say, or they might shut down and just not know what to say. So we want to, so we really want to set ourselves up for success in these meetings and make sure that we're putting the best foot forward in terms of we're coming to the table with something really productive and that student has a chance to come to the table with something really productive because we have given them that time and that prompt that, hey, we're going to talk about this. When is a good time for us to talk about this? So they have time to really prepare what they want to say when you're meeting with them. You can definitely let the student know, hey, when we talk about it, we're going to be making a plan. And in this plan, I want you to tell me what you need in those situations so these situations don't occur again. I want you to tell me what I can be doing as the adult so the student has an idea of what this meeting is going to look like. This, again, is just going to set you both up for success and having a really productive conversation if the student fully knows what to expect when you do process the situation together. If you're in a situation where a student says that they don't want to talk about it or refuses to identify when they would want to talk about it, this might be an indication that they're not fully calm or they're still processing the situation. But you might want to put some parameters around it and say, hey, we got to talk about this before tomorrow afternoon or we got to talk about this before the end of the day. You know, whatever those parameters might be, make sure that they're really reasonable. And again, make sure that you have in the forefront of your mind, I want this to be a really productive conversation. So how can I set us up for the most success? And if you don't need to talk about it by the end of the day, but you can wait a couple of days to talk about it and really develop that plan, then that might be the route to go. But again, if the student is just not identifying that time or they're not making that choice, then you can make that choice for them and just say, hey, I'm going to give us until the end of the day tomorrow and then we're going to talk at, you know, the last 20 minutes of class and we're going to make our plan. So 
the student has time to prepare and everything along those lines. But if the student is engaging in some behavior that might indicate to you that they're not fully calm, just take a couple steps back and let them fully calm down. Continue with those positive touch points with the student, really reinforcing any appropriate behavior. If your school uses restorative practices, the meeting that you have with the student might be under that framework. If you don't use restorative practices, then during this meeting, what you really want to do is allow the student to express their version of whatever upset them and the situation that transpired that caused this episode. So listen to their feelings in their side of the facts of what happened. And what I don't mean like their side, your side of the facts, but what they feel happened, their facts in their mind might not be exactly what how it played out or what happened or if it was an interaction with a peer or they felt like something wasn't fair to them or something along those lines might not be the big picture facts, but they're the facts to them. And it's really important that we approach that non-judgmentally and validate their feelings and whatever they felt in that situation that caused them that upset. What I would avoid at this point is correcting whatever you think is not accurate at that point. So it might be that they're saying, well, this peer did this, and you know that that's not necessarily the case. At this point, it's not necessarily the time to talk about, well, this is what actually occurred because that can immediately shut down the conversation. What you really want to hear is what the student perceives as what happened or what frustrated them or what upset them so that you get an understanding of their point of view of that situation and why that it caused them to become so upset. At this point, then you can start developing that plan and really identify what the student can do in that situation that is different from what happened, right? So you're working out with that student, you know, next time that this situation happens, what can we do so that it doesn't cause a tantrum or a meltdown or a large disruptive episode? I would be pretty open to what the student suggests and then also give yourself time to suggest different things that would work for you as a teacher. So if the student suggests, well, when I'm really frustrated with my work, I don't want to do it. Well, that's that's not necessarily a choice, but you can say, okay, if you're really frustrated with your work, how about you let me know you're really frustrated. I can help you with it. You can take a break, you know, whatever it might be so that you're really coming to a compromise of, you know, what's going to work for both of you. So just give each other both time to express what you think would help in that situation, letting the student go first and then you make some suggestions, building off of their suggestions or really helping facilitate that compromise where you're both going to suggest different things that would work for both of you and making a plan that is going to be feasible within the classroom setting. At this point, we've really done a lot, and the next step is going to be to start carrying out that plan. Now, the student might already have a behavior intervention plan, so you might be calling the team together and saying, you know, this incident occurred, this is what we talked to the student about, Let's how can we work this into the plan, how can we get all the staff on the same page so that we know that we can carry out this plan with fidelity so that we're setting up our student for success. Lastly, I want you to think back to the conversation that you had with the student and think about their facts and their feelings that they were expressing. So the feelings that they expressed, I was upset, I was frustrated, I was mad, I was angry, I was sad, and the facts that they, um, whatever they talked about that caused them to become this upset. So their facts, their side, their perspective of the situation is what we, I want you to think about and identify, okay, are there any lagging skills in this situation that we can be teaching? Does the student feel overwhelmed and frustrated with work, can I be teaching them some different strategies to manage those feelings? Can I be approaching academics a little bit differently so that that doesn't cause the frustration or upset that it caused? Can I be teaching any social skills if this was an interaction with a peer or a classmate or something during a group project or whatever it might be so that we're really building those lagging skills so that this situation doesn't occur again in the future? 
So remember when I said it's not necessarily the time to tell the student, oh no, this is what happened or this is what really happened because that that gives you a lot of insight into the student's perspective of it and can give you a lot of insight into any lagging skills that we might need to teach where we might not have that insight if we spent that time saying, oh, no, 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 this is what happened during the situation or no, 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 this is what that peer said or this work isn't that hard. We know that you can do it. We've seen you do it before. Just really listening and reflecting on those facts and feelings that they express to you so that you can identify any lagging skills so that we can teach those you know, behind the scenes or really reinforcing those those skills so that you know the situation doesn't arise again. Now that we've touched a lot about what we do with the student, I do want to touch quickly on what you can do as a staff member. So for you and the paraprofessionals in your classroom or a co-teacher in the classroom, these situations can be difficult and it could take you some, some time to process the situation. It can take you some time to calm down from the situation. Really developing a plan with your team or your administrators of what you can do so that you can take care of yourself in these situations and that you can re-enter a learning environment being the best teacher that you can be in that situation. This is just going to take some time to develop this plan, but the best idea is to have a plan. Have a plan with your staff members after this occurs. What are we going to do? How are we going to support each other? How are we going to tag teams so that each of us gets a chance to calm down? Am I calling my administrator and letting them know, hey, this happened in my classroom. I need some support. I need someone to cover my class for five minutes while I calm down so that I'm able to be the best teacher that I can be and continue showing up in this environment ready to learn and ready to teach my students and maximize their success. Believe me, it will lead to burnout if we don't have a plan. If you don't have a plan of how you're going to take care of yourself and the adults in the room are going to take care of themselves, it's going to lead to burnout because these situations can be hard. They can be mentally and physically exhausting. And if you're just, you know, jumping right back into teaching without fully processing or fully taking the time to calm down, it's just going to lead to burnout. And that's what nobody wants in these situations. So that's pretty much all I have for you this episode. I hope that this gives you some good ideas of what to do in your classroom when one of these situations does occur. I do want to just mention again that these situations can be pretty tough and challenging. It's not a reflection of you as a teacher, but having a plan in place and knowing what to do after one of these situations occurs can really set your classroom up for success. If you're looking for a resource of different behavioral strategies that you can put in place to set your classroom up for success, in the show notes of this episode is a link to a free resource that is just a guide of different behavioral interventions that you can put in place so that you're setting up all of your students for success and setting up your classroom for maximum success. So go ahead and download that free guide for you so that you get a ton of different ideas of different interventions that you can put in place in your classroom. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already following me over on Instagram, follow me at Teaching Behavior Together for different content on behavioral and social emotional learning strategies that will help increase the success of your students. Have a great rest of the day.